that wouldn't really work. Why? We're not all the same. We wouldn't. Well, we won't all think the same. No, but if we if we didn't have such radical ideas. February 21st, February 17th, right now. I wish it was in the 20s, February 20th, it'd be warmer here. Oh yeah, you guys got a, how much snow did you get? You got a huge snowstorm, right? I didn't get that much, honestly. Uh, really? I mean, we pro- here we probably got another four inches, maybe, three to four inches. It wasn't that bad here. Oh, really? A lot of, oh. A lot of drifting, though. We got drift of a couple feet in some spots so oh the drifting is the worst part but it's been really cold i woke up this morning it was negative five <laughs> i said oh yeah you sent me i sent you a text right. this morning yeah and that stinks yeah so cold i think it's gonna be like 65 here today you suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah rub in the weather that's fine <laughs> So, uh, well, so I was in Big Bear last weekend for skiing. Now, where's Big Bear at? It's, it is in the San Bernardino Mountains. North, south, east, west of you? Where is it directionally? It's, it's like a little bit south, like a little bit south, um, west. South, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like. In between, it's almost like in between here in L.A., but a little bit further south. Okay. Big Bear is just like a little little tiny town. It's tourism now. I mean, it's just a tourism place. Um, it was a nice little town, though. It was cool, and they have like tons of restaurants. And I've heard of and, it a lot. I've heard of it. Yeah, a lot of people go there. They have a lake. Which is rare for California. Now, what were the temperatures there? While we were there, the highs never really got much higher than the low 40s. But the week leading up to us being there, it was like 60. So by the time we got there, like all the snow was melted on the ground. Besides um, like snow and like piles that they plowed and stuff. Did they have, well, how did, I mean, how do you ski if there's no snow on the ground? I, on the ground, on the, on the town, in the town there was no snow. Okay. The mountains still had snow. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I'm assuming they probably run the snow machines, too. Right. Um. So how long has it been since you've skied? I've never skied. Oh, well, when was the last time you were on a ski mountain? Was that when uh, we all went and you tried to snowboard, or did you do? Yeah. Yeah, the last time. That's the only time I've oh. been before this. Well, that was a long time ago. God, that was ten years ago, maybe. Maybe Is it that yeah. long ago. Maybe not quite. Eight. I mean, I was definitely in college. I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that first time I ever went, I tried snowboarding. And that didn't go well. <laughs> I mean, it was fine, like on the smaller hills. But that I was stuck on that medium hill, and it was super icy, and I just kept falling. I was uh, I was just sharing that story with somebody a couple days ago. It was just a couple days ago. We had some friends over, and I was telling them about how 
you know, we all went skiing and all you young guy, young kids, you and Ted and Shay decided, well, we're going to get snowboards and we're going to snowboard. And you guys spent more than half the day trying to just stand up and go down the hill a little bit. And it was an epic failure. And then I think Shay went and got skis. Yeah, she went and got skis pretty quick, I think. Yeah, so she ended up getting to ski a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it was fine. It was the only, the issue was the ice on the hill. Because when I went down the bunny hills, it wasn't a problem. I mean, I could do that. Yeah. It's not like I didn't have any balance. It was just getting this, get so much speed going on that other hill that then it gets wobbly, you know, then it's hard to control. And your feet are out from under you. Yeah. Yeah. So this time, well, I, I decided to ski this time. And, and really, like, when I'm thinking about it, I still feel like snowboarding would probably be easier. What? Really? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really sure what it is. I mean, I did fine skiing. Uh-huh. But it feels, it's it's hard to me. Oh, it is. Like, because you have to move your feet, both feet simultaneously, whereas snowboard is just one movement. Like, you're controlling just one thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to control the angles and everything. Yeah, it's compound movements for sure. Yeah. But so we started off on like, you know, the bunny hills so I could get, I could kind of feel what it's like and learn how to stop and stuff. Um, No problems. And then like we went over to the next ski lift and we really didn't know exactly which lifts were which. Um, We were hoping like (laughs) the next one was like a medium up. So you're just guessing you might be going to a black diamond hill or something? Yeah, pretty <laughs> oh, much. I mean, and then it's too late. You're off the skis. Where are you going to go? You got to go yeah. down. You know you're not on a black di- I mean, you could see like the map. Like There's oh. different trails like split off and stuff. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like the first lift we went on, you know, it was like a 30 seconds to a minute. You're on oh. a ski lift. Oh. Pretty short. Gotcha. That's just like the bunny hill. And then so the next one. We went on, we figured it would just be a little bit further up, but it was like, we were on the ski lift for probably five minutes. Oh, so you got a nice long run. All the way up to the top of the mountain. Wow. So we went from 5,000 feet to 8,000 feet. Nice. (laughs) How Um, scary was that? (laughs) It wasn't too bad. I mean, I wasn't super worried about it, but because it was still just like an easy, you know, you find the easy trail down. Uh Uh-huh. But that was good. I mean, it went fine. I fell quite a bit, but not like uh, I wasn't like falling head over. He- you know, I didn't like slam my head on the ground or anything. I just yeah. like when I would turn sideways. Yeah. To, then I would just like kind of fall on my. Right. But that's the worst I ever did. Um, but for some reason, every time I would go right, that's when I would lose it. I could uh. only turn left good. But going right, I would lose <laughs> Why it. Why is that? I know I have similar issues with. I could feel, like, my right foot, like, the control with the ski. I was, like, overdoing it. I was digging in too much. And then it would catch a bunch of snow. Uh, and I just couldn't help it, really. Huh. And I could not stop, like, putting your, you know, pointing your toes together. Yeah. That didn't work for me. It's better to just do that sideways slide thing. That's what I had to do, yeah, just yeah. going side to side. But the scariest part for me out of all of it was the people around because a lot of people would just stop in the middle of oh the god that's just death. stop that's asking to die <laughs> and i'm like what are you guys i mean you guys not see how fast we're going i'm gonna freaking blow into you like yeah. it's like they think everyone around them is a pro or something right 
Like I wouldn't trust. I just wouldn't trust everybody if I stopped in the middle. No, because you know how terrible you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many times that I almost hit somebody. Oh my god, that's my my fear too is hitting somebody. Because um, like if I see a tree or something, I know I'm gonna like I'm I'll take a knife. You know, I'll hit the ground. Yeah, but yeah. A person, it's like, oh crap! I'm gonna try to miss them, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to f- <laughs> yeah slide around them. Move, dummy. Yeah, so that's that's definitely the, You're running like down the, the hill screaming, no brakes! Ah, look out! <laughs> but it was really, and we also did. Um, it was a lot cheaper to do nighttime. You like get a night lift ticket. Yeah, that's what you were saying. So I mean, you start off during the day. It was like three o'clock when we started, so you get a f- couple hours of daylight. But once it's nighttime, it's I liked it a lot. Yeah, like I would way rather do the nighttime. Why is that? It's just like a nice experience i mean it's Calming. just like yeah you're just under the lights and it's bright enough that you see you know there's lights yeah less people too which is nice that's it was fun. cold though i mean for us at least it was like in the low 30s maybe high 20s even yeah that'd be good skiing temperature for me i think because you're expending a lot of energy so if you, you don't have to wear a whole lot of clothes but i mean did you have the right kind of clothing what were you wearing I, yeah, I bought, I got pants and a coat and stuff. Oh, yeah. If you got ski clothes, you're. you're yeah, it wasn't that bad, no. Yeah. Just on the ski lift, like it gets cold when you're up at the top, but. What's the matter? Are you getting, uh, getting a little more sensitive and out in that warm, uh, California, weather? Yeah, I haven't. You I haven't lived in the, Michigan for six years. Can't take the cold anymore. <laughs> yeah, I haven't lived in the cold for six years or something. You haven't even visited in the cold in a while, have you? I was just there in December. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's true. It's cold enough. <laughs> but January and February, especially February here in Michigan, that's the killer. Yeah. Next week we're having a heat wave. It's going to go up in the 30s. <laughs> so then I can get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the like second to last times we went up, we wanted to try a little bit harder of a path you know trail or whatever what? okay wait a minute wait a, i gotta ask you this when you say we wanted to try something harder was it really you and no, no. or was it just oh yeah yeah it was both okay <laughs> um so we went up and it was like the next trail over you could go into what it was like started like a green circle was the easiest then blue square then black diamond and so, like, going over this one way or this other lift, you're either going to be on a blue square or you can turn into Black Diamond. Oh. Um, or you can, like, stay the other way and you stick to the blue squares and green circle. Okay. So we started, and it's, like, right away you get into a blue blue square one, intermediate. And it's, like, you're coming up, and it was such a dramatic difference between the green and the blue. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the green, you can see down the hill. You're never like, uh huh. you know, it's nothing. But this blue was like straight and then drop you off. can't see. You can't <laughs> see the drop off because it's so steep. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that's blue? I was like, it's like a roller like coaster a... kind of, huh? You, you can't <laughs> yeah. see it until you get there. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, so I was coming up to it. And I could see pretty far once I got to the edge, and I knew I had a lot of room, and nobody was on it. Okay. So I was like, I'm not even going to try to like keep myself slow, because I know if I start to turn, that's when I'm going to crash. 
So I just you went, just went straight down, straight down, oh tucked my, my ski poles under my arms. I just was oh flying my down god, <laughs> your first time skiing, you're doing that. Oh, and you didn't wipe out? No. How fast were you going? My God. I don't know. It was fast. It was really fast. Like, if you fell, you'd get hurt fast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always afraid of something in the ground that you can't see, you know, something that will trips you up or a stick that got covered with snow or you never know, you know, that's my fear. Yeah. I didn't think of that. It was pretty, I mean, there's been so many people on it. I would be surprised yeah. if anything was there, but yeah. But that was, it was fun. It was, how many I, mean, I didn't realize how hard it would be. Like, I was pretty sore. Oh, yeah. Did, uh, how long did you guys ski for? Probably like four hours, three, four hours. Yeah. It's pretty it was fun. Good. We had, we still had like an hour, hour and a half we could have skied. And it was like, I we went down and we were like let's just do let's do one more see how we feel. We went down and right at the bottom like we were just standing still or like it was at the flat part you know getting ready yeah. to be like let's go one more time. And I just like was so tired I just like just like slid over and <laughs> fell. I was like, "You know what? I think I'm good." Yeah. <laughs> that's when you get hurt going down tired. So. It is. It is. That's true. So we stopped there but um I've got to take this call. Okay. So you pause. Want to pause real quick. There we go. So I think that wraps up everything uh, for my ski trip. I'm guessing your um, that phone call can take you into your next thing you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'm. There we go. I had to get the Skype back up on my end. Oh, you you hit share screen, so I just see myself right now. It's like down on the bottom. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that was a call from Google. So, um, as I stated in some other podcasts, I'm starting another business. I had a business years ago of starting another one again. I'm getting back into starting a roofing company here in southern Michigan. And the marketing plan is using Google Ads for the majority of my marketing. So, I started an ad. I had to set up the parameters. So for anyone who doesn't understand Google and how that works with ads for um, companies to advertise, you get your ads set up. You set up an ad with headlines and informative information in the body of the, you know, the text in the body of the ad. And that gets set up. And when people do a search for keywords that you have attached to your ad, your ad will show up as an ad at the top of the Google page, usually in the top three. three or, they'll put like three ads and then the generic ones after that, that that are generated without ads. So you set it and you pay every time someone clicks on your ad, you pay an amount of money and you set up a daily budget so that you spend X amount of dollars every day. So once people have clicked your ads enough times to run up your budget, your ad stops showing for the day. And then the next day it starts over again with a new daily budget. Well, 
it appears, and I won't name names because I don't have uh, exact proof, but if I were to go into court, we would be able to prove it. But I have someone who is a, I believe to be a competitor in my area who is clicking on my ads maliciously, fraudulently, and running up my daily ad revenue so that my ad cannot be seen by potential clients. This guy's getting on there at just after midnight running a, a, a ton of clicks. Then as soon as he gets up in the morning again, he starts running clicks again until he runs out my budget. So this way, not only is he costing me money that gets me nothing, he also eliminates any potential clients of either one of us from seeing my ads. So I don't understand why he's doing this or what he has out for me. If it's the person that I think of, he was a past employer. And I don't know if he's upset about something or just trying to be spiteful. I don't know. So this, this, this can kill your business. And now I've been going through this for two weeks now back and forth with Google trying to get this done. I've had to go back to my website, pull the analytics off my website, determine the IP address, who it is, the time, the timestamps on the website of when they're doing it, cross-reference that with my Google analytics to see what the clicks were, where they came from, and to match those areas up. And by doing that, I can say with about 90% confidence it was the person that I believe so I've been working with Google. They have continually told me they're gonna they're gonna stop it, they're gonna fix it, they're gonna block it, they're gonna go to this guy and they're gonna stop him from doing it. But you know, this has been two weeks now. Now I'm getting a little bit further up the chain of command, I guess, and now I'm getting some results. They will refund all my money, but that doesn't keep me from you know, it still hurts my marketing campaign if he's still allowed to click and use it up because even if they refund my money, um, potential clients aren't seeing my ads. So it's it's that's like a death blow to businesses, particularly a startup, because you know there's not a ton of startup money, and we don't have unlimited revenues to just continually blast out marketing campaigns to try to overcome his clicks. You know. If, if we had a ton of money for marketing up front, we'd be able to do that. But he's trying to kill the business before it even gets off the ground because he understands that, that part of it, the revenue issue. So that's where my mind has been the last, I don't know, week probably. But yesterday uh, was, I was, uh, yesterday and the, about the three days before that was really intense and back and forth with Google and doing all the research and trying to, I even got a, I even bought a, uh, a secondary software program that's supposed to stop it from happening. Well, that wasn't even working, which again, cost me more money. So I ended up canceling that and now I'm trying to get the, everything worked out with Google. So hopefully we're getting there, but this isn't, this is, 
people should be aware of this, that it's, it's fraudulent. And uh, if it comes out that it was him, I may go after his licensing, state licensing, because of it. I mean, this is malicious intent on his part to destroy my company. So it's been a little bit stressful, to say the least. Um, well, that's where I've been. That's why uh, I didn't remember the things you told me. <laughs> I've been focused on a lot of other things. I mean, I spent all day yesterday right in this chair on the computer trying to get um, some results back. So making some headway, but trying to contact Google is really difficult. I mean, they're an enormous company. Yeah. You know, fortunately, uh, at least the, the representative that I have is doing a good job. I, I can't. I can't fault him. He's he's followed up every time and he, he's helped me, even though sometimes it's just been a quick short help because I know he has lots of clients that he's got to contact every day, but he's, he's done a pretty good job. Dennis Oyer is his name. There you go, Dennis, if you ever hear this. Uh, great job. Thank you. So that's my rant. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to do. If anybody has any s suggestions for me, uh, let us know. I'll throw something up on the Facebook page there. Um, if you want to point me in the right direction, it's a little bit frustrating and it's very tempting to, uh, retaliate in kind with his ad, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, if it's, I mean, then you're just going to get in trouble too, if, it, if that's yeah. what it comes down to. So yeah, I mean, it's stupid. It's, you know, grade school crap. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I mean, the mentality of the grade school, grade schooler. Oh, we'll see. I mean, it's one thing to be competitive in business and then another thing to to maliciously uh, fraudulently try to try to ruin somebody that way. Yeah. So I wonder if he's doing it to like all of the local competition. I don't know. I'm sure it's not his first time doing it. You know, what's really mind-boggling to me is when I went, did work for this guy, and again, I will say, allegedly, it's him. Yeah, I mean, we're not saying anybody, so... Yeah. Um, he would complain about other businesses doing that to him. And he had to go through this same thing that I'm doing now. So it, it's been done to him, and he's passed, he's just doing it again to me. So I don't know if he did it to somebody first and somebody was retaliating with him and it's just his M.O., this is what he does. I don't know. Yeah. But it makes me want to contact the other um, companies in the region and tell them, hey, look out for this guy. Yeah. You know, let I mean, Google come at him from... doing it to you. Uh, nope, it's the same IP addresses. There's like two, I think there's two, maybe three different IP addresses. And I can... I can find out where they're from. I even know when the guy's traveling. I know he was in Florida. I know he was in Georgia. Because his IP address clicks come up that way. It tells me exactly uh, where he was. So it's uh, it's stupid on his part. He's obviously not very intelligent with that, that aspect of it. Or he underestimated me, which is... Maybe he didn't. Yeah, he probably didn't probably. know that you could track the IP address like that. He, I think he's got to know that. I just, doesn't, I just don't think he... 
he thinks highly enough of me to believe that I could figure this out, uh, you know, cause it took him a hundred years to figure it out. And I've got it done in, you know, six months. Yeah. But so growing pains, it's, it's uh, very stressful starting a business, a new business. I can tell you, I know I've had this in the works for about a year and a half, but now that it's coming down to the nuts and bolts of it, you know, it's, like, oof, it's frightening, you know, you're giving up that steady income for an unknown. Yeah. As you well know. Yep. Uh, stressful. Yeah. Hopefully they get that. It has been a while now, huh? a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been over and over and over and, I've, you know, been following every steps they tell me to do and everything that I can find to do. And uh, the problem is they've got Google has two different types of ad campaigns. They've got a Google ads campaign, which has been around uh, for quite a while. And that's how they ran it. And now they're starting new campaigns that are called smart campaigns. You can't control all the analytical stuff within it. You can't control exactly who your audience is. Uh, you can control your your areas that you want to advertise to, but you don't have direct control over some of the other um, statistical um, items that you could with the other Google ads. You know, I could I could uh, say I wanted this ad to only go to people between 35 and 65 years old. I wanted to go to males. Uh, I don't want females. I I can. You know, however you want to do it, it gives yeah. you a lot of variables that you can have. But with smart campaigns, they don't give you all of that. And I'm hoping it's a learning algorithm, maybe, that the more you learn it, the more it dials into what, you know, is what's working. That's what they're trying to say it's supposed to do. As of right now, it's not really working for me. But uh, it's hard to tell because it's such a miserable uh, month right now with the weather that the roofing isn't on people's minds yeah. too much once all this snow that's on everyone's roof starts melting yep. and refreezing yeah. and melting and refreezing then the phone's gonna ring so then i'll be able to tell better how that works do you have yeah. any other um like marketing you're doing i've done it just google uh, very 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 little on facebook um i'm I'm dedicating my marketing mostly to the, uh, the Google ads because that is the vast majority. Yeah. People aren't going to Facebook to look for. No. And, you know, I mean, there's other things, you know, I'm, I'm tied in with my local lumber yard for, you know, and my local supplier that they can give uh, work out, you know, give my name out to work. Um, I'm going to start targeting, some of the insurance agencies here in the next month or so and try to get lined up with a few of those and some of the city programs, some of the bigger city programs, Jackson, Battle Creek, they have, um, they have some things set up where they actually give some of their residents that are in financial need. They will pay for them for home, um, home upgrades, uh, oh, okay. windows, roofing, um, different things like that. And uh, if they, what is it? If they keep their house for X number of years after they make it, then they, what, one city, they don't have to pay, they only have to pay a little tiny bit of it back. The other city, they don't have to pay anything back. So it's a pretty good deal, so I want to get in on those. 
those as well. That kind of helps keep they that those are nice programs because they kind of keep homeowners in their homes is what they want to do. Keeping trying to keep um, the homes that are owned by homeowners and you know residents that live in those homes as opposed to landlords. They want to keep those residences nice because if you get a city full of landlords, there's that's one recipe of disaster to just bring down your your. Yeah. Uh, economic value of those neighborhoods because landlords for the most part, not everyone, but for the most part do not keep up a property as well as a homeowner would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some, there are some that do, but the vast majority do not. There's too many of those fixer up shows, flip it or rent it out. You yeah. know, and they show you how to just half bake something and they, when, when they do that, though, they always cut away from all the difficult stuff. So these people think it's super easy just going and do all this, and then they get stuck because the video clips that they've seen on YouTube or whatever home improvement show they're watching has taken out all the stuff that's hard and just made it look, oh, it's just, ta-da, it's done. But they didn't show the, the 12 guys that went in there on the break and finished all the work and did it professionally instead of that, that wannabe homeowner doing it themselves yeah. and so you get a bunch of people like that and they think they can just rent you know spend a little bit of money and then they've got all this income coming in and it's a lot more than that so anyway that's what i wanted to talk about the google situation i don't know if anyone else has had that issue it's it did, you never had that i think i spoke to you about it before and you, you said you never had that no not that i know of yeah so it's It's a struggle, but we'll get through it. All right. Yeah. Is my hair as bad as yours is this morning? <laughs> so yours, I can't see it. it your hair just blends in with the ceiling. Five inches, it looks like. <laughs> but I know I, I just rolled out of bed too. What did you say? I can't hear yours because it blends with, blends in with the white ceiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You and, uh, what's his name, uh, who gave me some crap? Who was it with the paint? Stan? Oh. We were doing a, we were doing a Jake, painting yeah. job. Yeah, it was Stan. It was Stan. What was it? I got white paint in my hair or something, and what did he, he say? Said so- <laughs> he said something, or like, how'd you get, or I didn't know we were using white paint or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Or you get the gray paint or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> For people, we don't have a video up. I'm 55 years old and I've got pure white hair pretty much. Yeah. So, <laughs> At least you still have hair. I, mean, I do have full head of hair. I'm not bald. but I don't even have a bald spot yet, but I am thinning. I am yeah. Thinning but that's All right, so you ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. So what we're going to do is uh, I have just like the highlights section on my Kindle. So it's just things that I like found interesting or whatever while I was reading over the last probably a couple of years. And they put Kindle puts it into a book, which is kind of cool. So I'll go through, read some things that I think are interesting. Wait, they, they put, maybe we can, they put all of your highlighted stuff into a book. Yeah. They create a book for you. Really? Yep. Now, did you know this when you were highlighting things? No, no. 
So you were just highlighting things that you could go back and yeah. look at. Yeah. It doesn't like turn it into like uh, anything. It's just organized by time. So. Well, that's still the pretty most cool, recent though. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool. That's really good. If you're doing research and stuff, you can pull all that. It pulls all that out for you. Oh, yeah. And I'm guessing you can probably organize it better. I bet I'm sure they let you like make a new book or something like that. I'm sure I haven't wow. messed with it that much, but nice. Well, yeah. Uh, are you going to tell us um, what book it came from and what the yeah. book was about too? Sure. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. So I'll start with I'm starting at the most recent stuff, and I'll work back. So the most recent thing is from the book Sapiens, which is supposed to be like about uh, human history, like how humans came about. Do you know who wrote evolved. that? It is your, er, Yuval Noah Harari. Hmm. Now, how did you come about reading this book? Was it recommended by somebody or something? I've heard it. I've heard of it a lot, like a lot of podcasts and things talk about it, and it just looked okay. interesting. I'm pretty sure this guy's been on Rogan's podcast too. Okay. That was probably where why I got the book, like after listening to him or something. Yeah. So I I remember this. So this passage I just found it interesting. They were talking about like how um, discrimination comes about and how that's been part of human history and people not getting along and stuff like that. So how can we distinguish what is biologically determined from what people merely try to justify through biological myths? A good rule of thumb is biology enables, culture forbids. Biology is willing to tolerate... Hold on a second, hold on a second. Biology enables... Culture forbids. Culture forbids. He's also talking about, like, religion and stuff right now, so that's why it's... That's part of what this is. I can see that. I'm trying to figure out where the enable parts. Well, let me finish it. Okay, Yeah. yeah. Biology is willing to tolerate a very wide spectrum of possibilities. Mm -hmm. It's culture that obliges people to realize some possibilities while forbidding others. Biology enables women to have children. Some some cultures oblige women to realize this possibility. So, like an example he used that says biology enables, culture forbids, is I think he's gay. I'm pretty sure he is. And so he uses that example that even in, if you're looking at animals or humans, you're allowed to, like, gay people can have sex. It's possible, right? Biology enables it. It's culture that says you can't do that. And even though it might not lead to, you know, reproduction, it still is something that is capable. That's kind of what his point is. Okay. I, I get that, but... But so if biology allows, it allows good and bad, though, right? Well, that's his whole thing. It just says biology enables. The good and bad comes from culture, kind of. I think that's what he means. Hmm. He was also because, talked I mean, a lot about... Biology also allows you to kill another living thing. Yeah, and it's culture that forbids it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And then, so that came into play like with a lot of um, like discrimination and racism, or like with slavery, 
you know, it was really culture that created that. It was not that certain races are actually inferior. It was just an idea that was created through culture. Well, actually, they were technologically inferior, just not biologically inferior, right? Yeah. That's culture, yeah. That's not biology. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Another thing in that, I can't remember if it's a passage I wrote. Let me see. Kind of, but yeah, I can say the next one if you're ready. Because it kind of plays into what I was going to say. Hell, I was still letting that one mull around a little bit, but yeah, go ahead. Well, this is from the same book. Okay. Um, most socio most sociopolitical hierarchies lack a logical or biological basis. They are nothing but the perpetuation of chance events supported by myths. So his point in that, like what I remember reading, he was talking about slavery and how um, we ended up getting slaves from Africa. I'm definitely not going to say it exactly like he did. But it was something to the effect of basically we ended up getting slaves or England, I shouldn't say we, you know, like the English brought African slaves over because it was cheap and close. So basically, um, close. like geographically, it was closer than going to oh, where there was other England. slave trades set England. up. Okay. Oh, I see. They had a choice, just, but, but ge- geographically it was the easiest. Yeah, so like that was his point is like it made it had nothing to do with anything besides the easiness just to chance. Go. It was yeah. It wasn't because so black were, people like, were down there and they were inferior and we could go yeah. snatch them up. It was because it was closer where we could yeah. go get slaves. And then where it were some into other people? Where were some other places? Did they say? At the time? I can't remember. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back in the book okay. and look. But he was kind of just saying it was like a lot of these things are chance, how they happen, like an unfortunate event. And then it's like the society that kind of perpetuates the stereotypes and things that happened, like saying they were not as smart or inferior. Well, that was probably perpetuated just, you know, to to justify it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, because so like obviously, yeah, it was the chance event that happened, and then yeah, then we perpetuated it to justify or to keep doing it. So, was the social out outlook at the time when that was going on? When when was this? Like the sixteen hundreds or something? Maybe yeah. or even before. I'm not sure. What was the was the social acceptance because they they labeled the slaves as subhuman i mean they were a different species type thing was that what they were trying to say akin to an animal i think that's is that what they tried to part play of out? it i think that might be part of it yeah hmm. so then that then they could then they could use the narrative that's no different than you know keeping um barn full of cow horses or something yeah yeah Yeah. horses is a good one because they they work for you so yeah yeah Hmm. interesting i'm guessing they probably didn't have to really um convince people that much at the time because i mean if you're like a farm if you're a landowner you want to have free help anyways 
But if you were a world traveler at that time, not that there was any kind of traveling like there is now, but if you were a world traveler at the time, you'd have to know that that was a false narrative. But there's also, there was already slavery everywhere. So if they came from a place that already had slavery, it was just a regular thing, probably. Yeah. Hard to place your mind in that same mindset that they could have had back then. I mean. Oh, yeah. I don't. It's just horrific. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't either. I, I wonder how, what percentage of people actually believed that back in those times. You know? Yeah. It couldn't have been a hundred percent. I'm sure. Well, it's, that's another part of the, like something he talked about in the book is how our hierarchies were set. Or, you know, discussing how possible, like possibly how hierarchies were set. So, I mean, back then, not everybody had a, it wasn't like a democracy or anything, ruling the land. For who? So it didn't matter what everybody thought. For England? For everywhere, wherever they were. Oh, because there were no democracies. It was all, yeah. It was higher. So whoever, yeah. the, whatever the top class said, that's what happened. I mean, yeah. If people in the bottom were there classes were saying, we don't want slaves, then... Were there any matter. democracies anywhere? I don't know. I mean, we couldn't have been the first one. Where did they get the ideas from? I wonder. I don't know about that link in history where our forefathers history came enough. up with those freedoms and rights. Had to be taken from bits and pieces of other things. Probably. But I know that I mean, there were different, it wasn't just the English and Americans or French or whoever were going over and getting slaves. No. no. Uh, you know, rounding up Kunta Kinte, you know, out in the jungle. They were trading with other slave tribes who were catching because it made more sense. Mm -hmm. You know, they would buy the slaves from other natives. Yeah you know, from there. And that was the slave trade. So that's really weird because they're doing business with what people that they are claiming is a sub subspecies, but yet they're intelligent enough to, you know, have trade. I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that's why they made them slaves. That's just the propaganda that started. So exactly. Justify. But yeah. you know, that's why I'm saying it couldn't have been a hundred percent who believed in who believed in that you know but people, there was no way to people didn't people probably didn't know where slaves were coming from like the regular person because there's no information there's no yeah who knows TV, what there's no the radio there's no books. was yeah what yeah when it was coming out same kind of thing now all the censorship you only get to hear what the powers that be want you to hear yeah even more so then i mean Oh yeah, because they had a strangulation on That's it. That's it. I mean, it's there is no yeah, there's no other. Information there was no to get. there was no printing press back then. You know, you could handwrite things and that could be yeah put out. But how long I, would that take to get spread? And if you were, I mean, if you were poor, you didn't even know how to re read or write anyway. So. Right. Not even if you were not poor. You, if you were not a, you know, if you're a woman, you probably didn't know how to read and write. If you yeah. were another race, you didn't know how to read or write. So. And, and a lot of that, I think, was probably um, intentional by the 
by the people who held power. You know, they didn't want the oh yeah the subclasses to to be able to you know get and pass around information easily. Another way to control them. Yep. Ready for another one? Yeah. All right. So this one is from a tribe of mentors. It's a book by, it's from Tim Ferriss. So this, this book is just him basically interviewing people and then he puts them into the book and there's like specific questions he asked everybody. And, uh, one of the questions he asks is if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? So then I have a passage, but I'll ask you, I'll just ask you the question, see if you have anything. If you could have a billboard anywhere, where would it be and what would it say? Well, it pretty much can have a billboard anywhere because you can buy it. Sure. Okay. That, that doesn't, that's not the point, but. Um, <laughs> and what's the context? Whatever you want it to be. I mean, is it supposed to be an altruistic context? Is it? It's, it's whatever you want. Hmm. That's why it's such an open-ended question. To see what people would say about it. I would have to think a long time about that. I can't I can't even begin to think what that would be. I'd have to contemplate that for a while. Giant billboard. So what are some of the things that people would say? Well, I have one here. I didn't um save a bunch of them, but I have one saved. It, it are they are like usually like altruistic things or advice or uh-huh. Okay. You know, simple things. Some people put some funny stuff or whatever. This one was, think for yourself while being radically open-minded. I love that. Yeah, I like that one I love that. Yeah. Saved it. But it's too bad that he has to put down radically open-minded because most people aren't open-minded at all. I think that's why he put it like that, yeah. Think for yourself while being radically open-minded. That's awesome. I do like that. Boy, oh boy. But I think it takes a certain amount of knowing yourself yeah. to, to be able to do that. You know, if you talk, if you told me that 25 years ago, I wouldn't have comprehended it the same as I do now. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm sure. But that's... Well, how do you comprehend it now? Well, because I see all the the faulty thinking now. Back then, I didn't really see it that that well. Um, I just felt people had ideas, and that's how it was. I I didn't think about the open mindedness of it of it that much. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I see things. This makes sense. A plus B equals C. So then I must have to follow C. You know without being open to the idea that, you know, maybe that formula isn't exactly right. Yeah. You know, I start seeing things, tunnel visions, and you start, you start following people with ideas who have the similar ideas that you and support your thinking and just shunning 
the ideas that that don't support the way you think that may be opposite or radical to what to what ideas you have and you see a lot of that now and i i cringe when i see people my age who are still doing that um but it's still it's still pretty pretty common yeah i think i mean what i'm thinking about it they kind of, I mean, they go hand in hand. You really can't be open-minded unless you're thinking for yourself. And a lot of people don't think for themselves when it comes to certain topics, you know. They just, they hear something and that's what they think. Or they listen to people that, you know, they, they think they agree with. So then they'll just take everything they hear and then that's their their way of thinking in their yeah. head. Well, I think I would add to that. I think I would add to that billboard that not just be radically open-minded, but to seek out um, ideas that conflict with your thinking. And then have the open mind, the open-minded, but actively seek out the ideas that may be contradictory to the way you are thinking now. Because otherwise, just because you want to think openly, open-minded, if you don't get that information, yeah, you're not going to be able to make that that decision. You still maybe, in your eyes, in your in from your perspective, you're being very open-minded, but to people who've had exposure to a broad range broad range of ideas, uh, not necessarily your own, those people's idea of thinking open-minded is much different so if you were say you're a conservative and the only outlets that you listen to are conservative based news outlets and and channels and platforms and those sort of things while you might be listening to a wide variety of people on those platforms they you're still not getting the information from from the rest of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I think you actively need to seek out the the other ideas, the other thought processes um, outside of your range. You know, I actively, and I didn't do this before, but I do now. I actively search out, and I've said it before. I actively search out all the spectrums. I want to hear everyone's ideas, and I try to sympathize with them and think. But I have to measure myself because it tends to be, and I and I want to be careful because it's not a hundred percent. But I'm going to say there tends to be following ideas with emotions and following ideas with logic, and sometimes those things clash, and you can't you can't combine them. 100%. You can't be 100% uh, emotional thinker and you can't be a 100% logical thinker. You have to intermix those ideas because we are creatures with emotions and we have feelings and we do adjust our lives according to that. But we also know logically where things can go scientifically, logically, what happens. So we sometimes we have to blend those. And that's where most Americans come in, I think. You know, we have a blending of logic and emotional thinking. Uh, 
And um, that's, that's where I think the biggest uh, confrontation comes. And when you're in one of those camps, whether you're the emotional camp or you're the logical camp, um, you have to open your mind to see and, and really try to learn what the people from those camps are saying because it can make you understand the, the idea much better because some people are not willing to give up um, some of the emotional aspects, even though the logic will say something different. They're willing to take, accept the consequences of not following the logical path because it's better for their um, emotional stability or the emotional way that they they perceive things so i would add one thing to that billboard and that would be to seek out um opposite stands on ideas that you have and then pursue that yeah. with a rigorous open mind yeah yeah like that one thing i was going to say too about everything you just said like you know, emotional versus logical thinking and stuff. And you said um, you try to sympathize with people who have opposite views. Yeah. I don't think sympathize, sympathize is the right... Probably not the right word. ...word or what you're thinking you should do. But some. But the thing is, people do do that. They think they need to have sympathy, but it's not sympathy, it's empathy. Yes, correct. Because if you just, if you have sympathy, you... You're basically looking down on people saying you feel sorry for them. Yeah, you're right. That's what sympathy is. Empathy is you feel their emotion. Yes. You try to understand their emotion, that, whether it's anger or that, sadness or grief. Yes, you are 100% correct. That's the term and that I think I a lot of people. Used. I think that's what you meant, yeah, but, but a lot of people do actually do that. That's why I brought it up. A lot of people think that they need to have sympathy, but it's not sympathy that you need to have. It's empathy. Yes, you need to understand, you need to try to understand what they're going through, not feel sorry for them. Yeah. And you don't, and you don't have to agree with them. Yeah. But if you can empathy, have empathy for them, yep. you can at least understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And then you can have, and as long as those people are doing the same thing for the way that you're thinking, they're trying to have empathy for the way that you're thinking. Now those people can come together and and, yeah, exactly. and, and find a solution that is yep. is meaningful for both both thought processes. But the problem is we don't have that rigorous, um, the radically open, the mind, radically yeah. o- open mind. Um, I think that, yeah, I think the empathy would go a long way if people understood that and would practice it. Because I think a lot of people do yeah, think it, that they need to. It's difficult, I think, for everyone. I mean, especially if it you're, is hard. Yeah. yeah, you're really strong on those on those things. If you're very, very much um, emotionally connected to your ideas, or if you're very much logically connected to those ideas, it's very difficult to say, okay, I'm willing. Even though I say from the logical standpoint, you know that you need to be physically responsible. Let's let's put in let's put in something that's going on right now. Let's go with the COVID um, 
legislation that's being put through now that's supposed to come out and financially help people who've been hurt financially with the COVID shutdowns and, and everything else that's associated with that. So, logically, when we look at the numbers, the amount of money that is being spent by our government with the, the, the first two stimuluses and now this new one, and you look at that and you go, we can never pay for this. Logically, you're looking and going, how can this, how can we do this? You know, it, it, we're making money. We're borrowing money we don't have. If you did this in your household, you'd be homeless because you can't go print money for the hard times. Hey, if I, if right now with my business, like I was talking about the Google, the Google ads, I wouldn't even worry about it. He's, he's doing it. Eh, I'll print some more money. We'll make up for it later. That's kind of what we're going on right now. That's with the logical side of this issue. And when you look at the emotional side of this issue, people are suffering. People need help. We need to do something. The initial kick in on the emotional side is let's get those people money. Let's get those people help. Let's do it at whatever cost to save these people's financial well-being and their health and, and sanity and everything else that goes along with it. So these are two very different ideas and ways of thinking about the same process. Now, the people who are thinking logically may even be empathetic with the people who are thinking emotionally. But their, their logic is telling them, because they think mostly logically, they're saying, well, you know, some people are going to be hurt. This is a bad thing, but we can't injure everyone by doing this. Well, the emotional side says we have to pull everyone through. These people need help. We can't leave people in the dust. We've got to do this to make everything happen. The unfortunate thing about it is there are, there are bad players who are trying to capitalize on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That that's Someone what kills everything. If you could take those out, those bad players, I don't think there would be any any doubt that they would come together in one day and have everything figured out. Yeah. But because of the yeah. bad players we have. Well, that's a that's a separate issue that gets thrown in. Yeah. And that also creates a ton of of rhetoric and hatred among groups because they're trying to play off each other. So, yeah. But that's the the emotional and the, the logical part. So it's really hard if you're emotional to try and 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 do that, you know, because you you see where it's going to take you. And even on the emotional side, you can see it's going to take you. You're like, oh, we got to help these people, even if it's going to hurt us. It's like, okay, we're all going to suffer, or we're all going to prosper. On the other side, it says, okay, we're going to have to let some people suffer so that everyone doesn't suffer. You know? mm -hmm. It's a strong argument for either case. And, and, you know, that's why I'm saying you have to, if you're on one of those camps, you have to 
search out and really understand the thinking and the thought process and the information that goes on the thinking of the other, the, the ideas that are opposite of you, or you will never be able to come together for a solution that is best for everyone. I agree. Uh, can we pause? Yep. Okay, so do, do you yeah. have anything to add to that? Because I, I'm, I know I'm not fully evolved in my thinking. Okay, I know I have evolved from how I thought 25 years ago. Um, I'm sure I'm not evolved to where um, I have a better thought process than I have now. Because 25 years ago, I thought I was in the right. I thought people who thought emotionally were just wrong and needed to change. They had to see it logically. You can't, you can't do the emotion. You have to do the logical. That's how I was. And I was a firm believer in that. And now I'm older and I don't believe that. I see things differently. So I wonder how I will see things in 20 years from now. You know, that I'm, I need to see things. So I need to keep that open mind to keep um, evolving my thought process and, and figuring out. I think I'm going in the right direction. Um, but what are, what are your thoughts on, on that same type of stuff? I mean, I think I pretty much agreed. I mean, I think there needs to be a balance of, if you're talking about, you know, logical and emotional thinking, there needs to be a balance between the two. And I don't think there is a very good balance. If you're looking at society as a whole, maybe I, I could just be cynical too. I don't know. But I feel like there's a really big lack of, there's a lot of people that think with emotion but they don't, but only for themselves, or people act with emotion, but only for themselves. Uh, so they're an not. example. Put, put I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think an example I could think of would be like a, even, oh, I'll just say, Myself dealing with kids. Uh, it's something, I mean, I, that I actively work on and I can see other parents, not other parents because I'm not a parent, but parents do it and struggle with it. They act emotionally, but they don't empathize with with their kids. Or like, you may, some a kid will do something because they don't understand. They're not, they don't have the the experience to understand how this could affect someone. Yeah. And so rather than empathizing with that kid and being like, you know, why did they do what they did? What were they feeling? They act, if they did something wrong, they act angry. The parent does. Okay. Yeah. Or because it's like, you know, you get frustrated. Yeah. Like, I think, you're like, what the hell were you yeah, thinking? Yeah, I think the frustration is the big thing too. And, and I think that happens with, it's just easy because I think everybody can write, relate to that. Yeah. Like, You've had an interaction with a sure. kid because kids, kids do it a lot because they just don't know. They just don't have experience. But we also do that with people, with other adults too. Like at a store, say you're at in a store with a cashier and the cashier is like, I just can't help you with that. Or, you know, I can't do that because they don't know. But you get mad at them, even though it's not their fault. 
You know, it's like a company policy right, or something. Right, because you're, you're really mad at the company, but you take it out on them because you're being selfish and not yeah. empathizing with... And in the moment... And then in the moment, you really don't think about that. You don't think about this person has no control over what you're asking them to do. But if you took a second, you like you took a breath for a second, and you're like, okay, yeah, this person yeah. really, they can't help me. It's not their fault. I think that you hit the key right there was the take a breath for a second. Because I think, I find when I do that sort oh, of yeah. thing, it's because I'm rushed or I'm um, under some kind of a pressure, time pressure or usually time pressure, but it, it's something that's got me. It, I'm kind of focused on one thing. And when outside, when outside influences come in and throw a monkey wrench in it and make it more difficult, that that's yep. when I lose my, I, I lose, I, I, I I leave that person I want to be and become this person that kind of wants to naturally take over. Yeah. You really leave your logical mind and you use your emotional. Yeah, probably. Mind. You're reacting. Yeah. You're reacting with Yeah, your I'm reactive instead of, uh, what is the word? You don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Reactive is not it, usually good if it's instantaneous. That's why, like, even when you ask... In conversations. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit and think about stuff a lot. I don't always spit something right out. I'll, I'll think about it for a while. Like your billboard yeah. thing. What would you put on a billboard? Oh, I don't know. I got to think about that. I could spit something out emotionally real quick that's altruistic. It sounds good, yeah. but I wouldn't really mean it. You know, I'd have to yeah. really think about it. That's, that's a deep question. Because part, <laughs> but I was gonna part s- of me wants to say, with- "Send me a million dollars." You know, here's my phone number. And- <laughs> there there <laughs> you go. Could be. The other part of me wants um, to make the world a better place. You know, and I think people do that. You know, when I was like, like the like the example with the cashier, people do that in the long term as well when they are very either set in their ways or just passionate about a topic or something. They're unwilling to. Or they, you know, to even attempt to empathize with the other side now, or an opposing. Now, player. I'm going to give another scenario because now let me, let me put this out there. So let's say you have an open mind. You're an extraordinary person. You've been an extraordinary person your whole life. You've been able to see both sides. You've been able to empathize with people on both sides of, of the idea spectrum. You've went through, you've tried both systems, and you've seen which works better, at least for you and what you can see of society and the world in general. You've already gone through the scenarios. You've had your empathy to this side. You've gone through the solutions there. You've gone through the solutions over here. And you have come up with what you feel is the truth and the best way to go about something. Now, can you be rigid in your thinking then? Because then if you feel that you've done all that, 
and you've come up with the solution. Now these other ideas that are outside that, that, that you were part of before, but you've already gone through all those scenarios, you've done the work, you found for yourself what you believe to be the truth and, and the best way to do things. And now you're being influenced by these outside situations. And for you personally, now it's a giant waste of time. I've, I've been there. I've done that thought press. I've thought mm -hmm. that way. I've done that this way. I've thought this way. I have found this is what I feel is correct with how I am, my emotions. This is where I think people get stuck. Because now you feel that you've looked at everything. You've looked at both sides and you feel this is the way to do it. Anything else is just wasting my time and not being productive and helping toward a final better cause for a human um, society. I can understand that. To a certain extent, yes, I can understand because that. Because yeah. if you have something, some people, a group of people who have power, okay? So a group of people who have power, who have limited thinking on one side or the other, okay? They are not open-minded thinkers, but they are going through the process that you went through decades ago. And you're sitting there going, okay, no. I've already been that. We've already been down that path. We've seen that. That's stupid. Where is the line that you, you have to have that empathy for? Do you have to have that empathy the rest of your life and can you continue seeing things? Because yes. some of it is a waste of time. Doesn't mean just because something's a waste of time doesn't mean you can't have empathy though. You can disagree with something and still have empathy. Like, because if you've already been through it, you know how you felt. Yeah. So you know how other people are going to feel about it. So you can still empathize. Doesn't mean you have to agree. And can you in. see the frustration though from people who have done that? Yeah. And, so and you who so don't then, have power. Remember, the, remember uh -huh. the, the other sides who don't have a lot of understanding but feel very strongly emotional, they have power, okay? They have social power, social and economic power. And they want to do things that you know don't work. They've either been tried or something. You know, it's not everything, but some things. They maybe, maybe you want to go back to something that we've done before, Someone else has done. We've seen a failure, but we want to still do it again. So that I can see as as an issue because you, you can't get stuck. And, and you can't get stuck in these things and never move forward because that's what will happen. You'll have a constant bickering like we have now because each side who doesn't want to see and empathize with the other side and don't, they don't want to have a moderate come together. They want their side to win. Mm -hmm. That's always there. Because even the people in those groups, as they mature and, and grow uh, emotionally and intelligently, they leave those strict boundaries and they become more of a moderate and they understand that you know things have to come together and we've got to do something else. But then when they grow and they, they grow uh, emotionally and intelligently, and they come out of those strip groups, there's more people who come up and take those groups 
And so those groups still stay strong and large. You understand what I'm saying? So there's replacements for those. And you have to continually fight that process over and over and over, even though you've been through that fight. Maybe maybe you're 80 years old. You've seen these things. You know what happens when you go down these certain paths. And you say, no, this is not right. You've been, you, you, you have empathy for them because you, you did look at that. You looked at that. You have empathy for it, but you know you can't do it. That's where I think a lot of the frustration comes from people in the middle, moderates. I mean, so you're talking about politics. Anything. It could yeah. be any idea. I mean, it's hard. Any idea. I mean, your example is very difficult because you're talking about large yes. groups of yeah. people. So the problem is that, I mean, if you're one person, you're not taking on a large group. You need every individual. No, you're, to you be you become you are part of a large group. You're another. You're a third large group. Yeah. You know. So that it's the most frustrating on them, I feel. Because if you look at it that way, the battle never ends. Well, maybe you're well i think this is a bigger issue the way you're thinking if you're thinking of it as a battle and well look at it as a look at it as a parent and, even as I mean, a parent you know when you're young you have certain ideas and certain ways that you go you you know you address things you have one child that child is one way it comes up it grows and it changes its idea then you have another child oh my god i just went through this now i gotta do it again i gotta teach all this over again i gotta be empathetic this person's a little bit different than the other one you know, so yeah. that, so you don't know every. I mean, so I mean, your point of you've already been through it, and so you already know what's best. You don't really because this person's different in terms of a parent, you know, kid. Yeah, that that that's a maybe not a great example, but I mean, even if business, if you own a business, you know, it could be the same thing. People want the business to go in one direction or the other direction, or maybe um, you're a family. And, you know, part of your family wants to move away somewhere. The other part doesn't. You know, it's it's still the same kind of uh, of ideas. You know, maybe you did move before. You tried it. It didn't work or it was great. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know. But there's two. I think those are way too big of scenarios to say that you're, you are the expert. You know, you know exactly what happened and what's going to happen. So then you're not being radically open-minded like we talked yeah. about in your... But let's say, again, I want to go back to the 80-year-old person who maybe had mm -hmm. it, had that open mind for the majority of their life. They have the experience and the knowledge. They see these things. They see what's going on. They say, hmm, nope, we've done this before. I'm not going to do that again. This is, but, but you've got the same ideas that are continually coming up, continually coming up, continually coming up. People see it, they try it, doesn't work. They come into another group, they learn that, but then you've still got the replacements for those groups. I, I get I'm what just, you're saying, I, but I think I'm you're not just, saying it's too generic to like. I'm just, I'm just trying to state the frustration of moderate people. Yeah, so then do you empathize with them? That's where if everybody having empathy comes in. Yes. But what I'm saying is, in... 
even if you have empathy, you're probably not going to get a solution. Because even as those people who are in those radical groups, if they come to realization that they are in a radical and they need to be more moderate and understanding on each side, as they leave that group and become the moderate group, there are more people that come in and be part of those radical groups. So it's a non, it's never somewhere we're going to be, oh, hey, we all think great. We're all on the same page. We're all doing the same thing. It's, it's yeah. never going to be there. So this. Well, that wouldn't work. What's that? That wouldn't really work. Why? We're not all the same. We wouldn't, well, we won't all think the same. No, but if we if we didn't have such radical ideas uh, that are so differing from each other, that are polar opposites, without being, if you could get everyone on both of those extremes to be open-minded, then yes, it would succeed, and we would all be on the same page. We'd all be, yes, we need to work together. If we were in a group of 10 people, and we lived somewhere in the, in uh, a godforsaken area. There was no way in, no way out. There were only 10 of us. And we needed all 10 of us to survive. And everyone had to do their part. If we started dividing up and thinking in opposite, total bipolar, or not bipolar, but <laughs> total opposite poles of thinking, five people thought one way, five thought the other way, you'd never get anything done. So you'd have to work together or you would die. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. the same situation here. And that, I, I think that's what's... We're alive. We're not dead. Our, I think <laughs> our society, the way it is now, uh -huh. may not survive. The way we well, know... We've been doing this for 250 years and we've survived. Have we? Are we the same? I mean, I don't know. I'm not country? years old, but do we have the same beliefs? I've seen a great deal of change, which is which is okay. Not yeah, and we're still survived. How I many mean, not... countries in the world have survived the same government entity forever? Yeah, none. Right. So what's I'm your just point? saying. <laughs> I mean, it's, event, it's inevitable, but people don't see that. Okay. You know? People don't see what's happening, I think, uh, on the broad spectrum. So that's why you get the, we have to do this or we have to do this. Yeah, I think you're getting a little off topic. Okay. I mean, it doesn't, that's, I'm sure you're saying that, but you're, I don't even, I don't really understand your my, point. My point anymore. was just, it's frustrating. When you're a moderate person and you've gone through these same arguments over and over and over and over and over your whole life, yeah, it's hard to still be empathetic with either side. But how do you know that you are right about it? You can only beat a dead horse so so much, you know. If you're if you just pick one topic and if you become an expert in that topic. And you show empathy to both sides of that topic. Things still change. You though. should be the person we should be going to for how we do things. Okay. Yeah, but okay, I have an example of when that doesn't okay. work. Let's look 
you know, I don't remember the years or anything, but go way back with astronomy, people thought the experts in the field were 100% certain in their head that the solar system revolved around the Earth. And then somebody new came along and said, well, that's not true. I think that we actually revolve around the sun. But the experts were 100% certain, and they've already been there. They've already had the argument. But then some new were, evidence came Were along. those people open-minded before that? I don't, I don't know. know either. They probably felt like they were. Yeah. They're probably open-minded enough to say there's other planets, there's other there's a sun. It's not it's not just God or something up okay, in the but sky. That's, all right. I, I'll give you that one, but that's that's because you're coming up with a brand new radical idea. So anything uh-huh. new should be should be brought in. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you're that eighty year old man, if there's new ideas, absolutely you should be looking at them. Let's say right now, um, the new ideas in our society are the gender pronouns. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, you should never say, because this is a brand new idea, brand new thought process that really hasn't been discussed, looked at. I mean, it's starting to now. but So, that should be done with an open mind. Even if you're that 80-year-old man, because this is a new idea. This isn't something you've mm-hmm. – when I say that say that he's he's gone through it, I mean it's ideas that have already been out there and have already been hashed around. I know. Well, if there's new ideas, you definitely have to be open-minded. But what's, what does not have new ideas? I mean what's going on that has no new ideas? Let's say – What is – What's 100% certainty that, you know, that could not possibly be different? The nuances will be different. The, the, but the nuances could change things. I mean, I think you need, you got to give an example. Or I don't well, really... let's say fiscal, fiscal thinking over emotional thinking on public, um, Public expenditures for our society. Okay, that's that's okay. one thing. Okay. I think we'd have to get very specific on different on those ideas because you can't be general. You can't generalize. So when I say this, that the, he's gone over the idea, the eighty-year-old man's going over the ideas and made up his mind that this is it. I'm going to say it's going to be something simple like an abor- like abortion. Let's say abortion. Abortion okay. is pretty much there's been really no new new things with abortion in the last 100 years has there? Um, I, I mean I guess it probably depends on who you ask. Cuz I mean the argument has probably changed a lot in 100 years. There probably let's was no 50, argument let's say 50 years. years. Ago. I mean, are because some of the I mean, I would assume that some of the arguments for you know pro-abortion is there are that it's not a is there life. anything new? Well, we have new technology to determine we could determine what who would determine a life is, or what organs are developed, or 
to say what a life is. That has been argued over and over and over for decades. For decades. Uh There's no new information there. We know cells start dividing the instant the egg is fertilized. Okay. Maybe we don't... The argument is, is that a living thing? Is that a sentient being? And at what point is it? Okay? It's the same argument. It's the same argument. And is there a solution? What I'm telling you is an 80-year-old man who has seen this specific idea, he's understood both sides. He understands um, one side protect is trying to protect an unborn life. The other side is saying that the woman has the right and that that baby is not, or that embryo is not a sentient living being yet. Those are the two arguments. Mm-hmm. You can be open-minded yeah. to both sides. Now, if that that 80-year-old man has gone through in his mind and has been empathetic to each side without any new information, then he's made up his mind, this is the way it is. So to to continue to fight that argument the rest of your life is futile. You're not going to make, you're you're not going to do any better because there's no no new information. That's where I'm getting Mm -hmm. at. So you need to have those sides stop. Give up. Yeah, no, quit arguing with people about come it. Come together with a solution like the 80-year-old <laughs> man did have empathy and figure it out from there. Did he come? To, I don't know. But you're saying he are, he's not come together. I mean, he just decided on something. Yes. Well, that's not really but, come together. I mean, you're just okay, using your own It's decision. something that the idea that he can live with is what I'm saying. He's come to a he – he's not taking one okay. strict side or the other. If he's truly well, then why would he be? Why is he frustrated then? Because he's having to, to to argue those ideas with the strict people on each side who want it all one way or all the other way. That's what I'm saying. It's frustrating to him to even have that discussion because there's no new, you know, he's had that same argument over and over and over and over his whole life. He's had the same argument uh-huh. with the other side over and over and over his whole life. He's come to this idea. This is what he feels is the best because he has both intellectually and emotionally shared both sides of the thought aisles there, and he has come up with this idea, and this is how he feels. So for him to continually argue with those extreme points, well, why does, we well, don't get an extreme. Okay, get, extreme doesn't win. Extreme never well, wins. Well, I think the your mistake in this is that why is it an argument? Why is he arguing? Because those extremists have power, remember? But if he's already come, I mean, that's not a thing that he's going to have control over. And that's why it's frustrating. But if you have like an open mind and, you know, empathy, you're not going to be frustrated about these other people's opinions on it. You'll be frustrated because the arguments keep going on. You're frustrated because each of the far sides keep having the same uh-huh. argument over and over. What are you over frustrated and, about? Yeah. Because... But that's you don't because nothing you don't have the nothing's being there are no solutions being made. The solutions that are coming up are depending on who's uh, has the most power as opposed to coming up with the best ideas. So we're coming up. We're not moving forward. We're only going from one extreme to the other instead of coming up with the best ideas. And that same argument is over and over and over and over. And I'm saying that's where the frustration comes. I'm not saying it's, it makes a perfect solution. All I'm saying is the moderates 
who even who have open minds are showing empathy to both sides of the both extreme sides are frustrated because they see that that fight just keeps going on and as those people who have those strict ideas on each side mature develop mentally and emotionally kind of move more to the moderate side and you think things are going to get done there's replacements who come up on those hard line edges and they continue to have the same bickering same thing over and over and over so i don't know if there's ever going to be a solution to that i'm just saying that's where the frustration comes in i'm not saying that's right or wrong like that i'm not saying that guy who came up with that idea is right or wrong i'm saying it works for him and if, but then you're no longer, but I, I don't know, because then you're not being open-minded anymore. Give the power to the moderates instead of the extremes and shit will get done. I mean, but this has nothing to do with, well, yeah, yeah, you're now you're just getting into politics of, well, I mean, that gets, gets away from the empathy or whether you should politics. be empathy or not. Our whole society is But that, that gets, but you're getting away from talking about if being, if you need to be empathetic or open-minded. That's what you started it with. Yeah, and you do. I don't think that that 80-year-old man has it. There's no reason to not be open-minded anymore. You still have your idea. If there's no... You can still listen to other people. No, he's already been open-minded. He understands both sides. And he's come to the conclusion of the best solution for both sides. That gives a little bit of, of both. He thinks he has... Correct. So he's no longer open-minded. He thinks he has the best solution. Because he's already seen those. He's been something open-minded. That he can't really have the solution to. Okay. Because sometimes the solution is you got to give on each side. And that's what this 80-year-old, my my hypothetical 80-year-old man is saying. But he's no longer willing to give. He's done it already. Because he already has his idea. Why continue to do that and waste your, your, your intellectual and emotional energy on those arguments that you spent decades already going through? I mean, I think you're using a lot more energy to be rigid in your... Thinking, if you're letting it frustrate it frustrate you, you're expending energy, not the other people. Yeah, on a on a personal note, yes, that's true. But as a society, are you you're just gonna you're gonna be in the middle? You see the solution, you're just gonna let everything else rampage and fall and not worry about it. Is that it? Or should you should you try to get people to come together? Is it is there even a solution? Can you even do? How do you deal with that? Well, that old guy's not going to get anybody to come together if he's not still open-minded and empathetic, even though he thinks he has the idea figured out in his head. No, I didn't say he's not open-minded and empathetic. Well, you said he doesn't need to be anymore because he already has his idea. That's what your, what okay. your whole argument Okay, if the was. same arguments exist and there's no new information, why keep beating a dead horse? I don't know. Ask the old man. Why does he keep beating he's a dead not, horse? He's not. He has his ideas here, I'm <laughs> telling you. But why does that mean you can't be still open-minded? You are open-minded to new ideas. You just, yeah, but you just said, I think you're getting, a, you're creating a new argument. Now you're saying you do, he still will be open-minded. At first you said, when does you, when do you no longer need to be empathetic and open-minded? To the same issues that you've argued and, and been open-minded to and tried to find a decision for a very long time. But there's... There's never what is there in life that it will never have new information coming though. If you're still open minded to new information, you're still open minded. Okay. But the same arguments are being 
are being put forth on each side. That's what I'm saying. It's the same. Maybe arguments. you're not. Okay. It's okay. the same arguments. Why do you want to have the okay. same arguments with no Maybe new that's the issue. Maybe you think it's the same arguments because you're not being open-minded. <laughs> Maybe you're not listening because you're not being open-minded. Maybe you're not listening to the nuance, the small differences, the small changes. Maybe well, you're now, you're, actually... now you're just pulling what-ifs out of the air oh, instead of the overall. I mean, to it, you're assuming you're that somehow up. there's you're, no new information you're, you're on doing something. What I that, always that almost do. never happens. You're doing what I always do, and you're, but, you're going in there and saying, well, it's not 100% this. Think it could be this. Well, yeah, it could be. You're right. Well, I don't think there's anything in life. I don't think there's ever been anything in life that's 100% certain. You gotta, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. That's 100% that's certain. Well, there's nobody argues that. No. <laughs> I no. mean, your physical body dies. Yeah. Nobody argues yeah. that. I think I, anything that there's there's a far, far on one side, far on the other side, there's not a 100% solution. Things change. Let me see if there's anything. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I am pretty much gone through those cycles and, and believe in. Um, see, I think, I think, really I think something. for me, I think abortion is that for me, probably why I brought that up because yeah. this is something that I've, I've been on both sides of the aisle on during my lifetime. Mm -hmm. When I was a young man, I was very pro-abortion. When I was, I got older and I had children. I became more anti-abortion. Mm -hmm. Now, I have tried to see, and I still, okay, I'm going to say I have an open mind because I, I do, I, I'm not, I do have empathy for mm -hmm. both sides. Now, here's my, when I sit, pick one side or the other, I pick the life of the mother and the life of the child. So those are the two ends. So, I feel I've I've looked I, I've thought about it intellectually and emotionally over and over and over and over. Okay. And I have come to believe that my thinking weighs both logical and emotional. But I give more weight to one one side now. After seeing this and the way that I think and feel, I give more weight to one side. And that one side for me personally is I give more weight to a defenseless infant that is going to be born into this world who has no defenses other than its mother to help it. There's no one else in this world other than that mother who has that responsibility of that child. No one else can do anything else about it but that mother. Mm -hmm. So if that mother decides, I'm going to get rid of this pregnancy, i.e. end this life, because it is a mm -hmm. life, 
Whether it's sentient or not, I don't know. But it's going to end that life. So you have you have the the mother. She can fend for herself. You have uh, laws. You have protectors of that person. Okay, so they are not helpless. Their pregnancy, most likely, in, in the majority of cases, doesn't endanger them, doesn't endanger their lives, in most cases. The, the embryo doesn't have those protectors. So someone has to protect that. So since I don't know whether that life form is sentient or not, I am going to err on the side of safety. Mm -hmm. Erring on the side of safety for me is to allow that child to be born. Okay, yes, it is a big deal for that person. It may cause discomfort. It's definitely going to change their life. But that person's still going to have a life. So since I don't know when, where, how that baby is sentient and and uh, really is a, a life form that thinks, feels pain, does all those things, I'm going to err on the side of that protecting that life. That's that's where I go. That's after having that battle, knowing the woman, yeah, and and. And I have come up with things, and it, and it's going to sound bad to some people, but because I follow this and I have empathy, yes, even in cases of rape, because here's here's where I come. Hold on, uh, let me. Because we're getting off topic a little bit. You know what? Yeah. Well, and we don't have that much time, okay. but but I mean, if you want to keep, well, going, I don't. I mean, I could. We could argue about abortion. Maybe we could just maybe we should save that, but it's just where I'm going to. Is what I'm saying is I've come up with this. I've come up with this so mind. My whole, There's nothing that's going to change yeah. the way I think about this because I've I've, I've felt both that, sides. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've looked at it both so not, ways. There's nothing going to change my mind unless I get new information. Yeah, but so but. But the fact that you just said that it could your mind could change if there's yes, new information. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. So you're still open minded. So that argument of the eighty old, eighty year old man isn't really valid. You're, you're miss you're missing because it still can change your mind yes, if you're empathetic and you're, you're open minded. You're not listening to what I'm saying, though. I've said it over and over and over. The eighty year old man, I am listening. Is, he is empathetic, but he's set in his ways unless there's new information. You can, yeah, that's the thing. You're saying he's set in his ways, but you can't be set in your ways if you're still open-minded to new information. That means you're not okay. set in your ways. You're okay. I am not explaining it the way it needs to be explained. You're you're looking at my. I'm I'm not giving the view. My my words aren't articulating the thought process that I'm having. Okay. My the first reason I went to that direction was because when I said the old man who's been through all this thought went through the thought process in his mind and has come up with a decision that is what he feels is the best for people and society. Mm -hmm. 
I'm saying, why should he continue to have that same argument with people, put up with that same argument when he's already he's already gone through that? If there's no new information, but there's still the same argument. Well, you're adding the stipulation that there's no new information. Exactly. There's nothing that there's never new information. There's never not new information. I would I would venture to say that if you get to a point on a topic where you think that you are you have made your decision, not that you think you're right, but you've made a hundred percent a decision, you're no longer looking for new information. I'm open to it. I'm open to new information. Yeah. So then you are open. I'm to not this. searching that's, that's it out, point of and it. I'm not going to go through that same argument process with these people because I've already been there. It's well, futile. Okay, so then yeah. it's futile. If you're not willing to go through the conversation, you're never going to learn if there's new information. When do you stop? When do you stop putting your energies into that? Into that when you know when there's no new information. When do you stop putting that? You know, it's the same arguments been going on for 50 you years. But you're saying that there's no new information, but you don't know if there's new information because you won't listen to people. You're not no, willing no, to. That's not true. Have the argument that's anymore because you have 100 percent set in your ways. That's not true. If someone presents me new information, I'm going to take it and I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to wait. So that means so you are open minded and willing to change yes, your mind still. But You're what not I'm saying new. is the same arguments continue to go on with no new information for a long time. If, for instance, the abortion, there's no new information in abortion in the last 40 years. I, I would probably I, I mean I'm not I don't I don't research it so I couldn't tell you if but anything I highly doubt there's nothing new in 40 years I think you haven't listened to it in probably 20 years not true I'm I I have not heard anything new and I will listen but I have not heard anything new other than scientifically, we find more support for my view. Okay. Because we know when there's brain waves in there. We know that a baby will react to pain when it's being aborted. Those things tend to tell me that that's a living thing and, and, and you know, is being sentient. Yeah. So if mm. there's any new information that I know of, it was it, it maybe that scientific information. I know, but I think I'm just saying, I mean, I understand the abortion thing is, you know, that's it is, but it is. But I just think your argument on this open minded thing, I don't think is right because you are still being open minded if there's new information. Yeah, but I'm, there's I'm, always going to be I'm new information. You're an open minded person. You're either an open minded person or you're not. I'm saying that the 80 year old man has gone through this struggle for decades. He's not going to have that argument anymore. He's not going to waste any more time on it. That's gone. That means he's no longer so open minded. No. No, it's not. If, <laughs> how can you be, if you're set on it and you're not going to change your mind, how does that I'm mean not you're saying not saying he's not going to change his mind. He is tired of seeing the same argument over and over and over when he's found that solution for himself decades ago. Uh-huh. And without any new information. Yeah. I mean, everybody's tired of arguing. I mean, people are tired of arguing and stuff. That doesn't mean you can't be, he doesn't have to argue about it. But if there's open, if he's open-minded, and there's new information, then you're open-minded. I'm using the 80, 80 year old man as an analogy for I know. moderate thinking people who have empathy in our society. Okay. Yeah, I get. So that. they've come to that, but then there's still this argument on the extremes 
because they have power. If they didn't I mean, have you're getting power, all, I mean, if the extremes didn't have power, we would never have these arguments. I just, I don't think that's true. Because there's still moderate people, like, even if you have a moderate person on abortion, there could still be two moderate people that have slightly different... Yes. They're going to have slightly yes. different arguments. So then we're not going to come together, especially on something like abortion. It's possible. It's it it it's possible and, and probable that well, it's absolute that one hundred percent of the people won't always agree. Yeah. And like with our abortion laws now, I guess there are some uh there is some give and take a little bit. I mean well, and I mean, different states have different, different laws. Different states have too, different laws. So. Yeah. You have different things on when. Put your arm back up like that again. What the hell's going on with your arm? What do you mean? It's that big bump right there. Don't tell me that's a muscle. Oh, it's a wrinkle. Okay. It looked like you had a deformed arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, I, I'm just saying that as a society, we're exhausted, exhausted from having the same uh -huh. arguments over and over and over again. And we're spending too much energy worrying about the extremes. Who's worried about it? Oh, I'm not. Okay. I mean, maybe you're the that, problem. That could be. <laughs> I mean, but I, you're, I mean, that's that still before. off topic, I think. <laughs> I think you're off topic. I mean, the whole thing was just, I think if you are, I understand what you were trying to say, but I think if you are rigid and you are, you're like, I have thought about this, you know, I'm a thousand years old, so I know that this is what I believe, that means you're not open-minded. You can still believe something, but you can be like, I believe it, but if there's something, if something new comes along, I am definitely willing to change my mind. That's being open-minded. But you still believe in your, you think for yourself, but you're open-minded. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not, that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't but know so, where. But you're saying the old man shouldn't have to be open-minded. No, he anymore. shouldn't have to be open-minded to the same ideas that he's gone through. That's what I'm saying. Until new I mean, information comes to. through. Knock it off. But that's not Knock even, I mean, off. who would, who would argument, who would argue that? Who would say, oh, he needs to be open-minded even though he's heard this a hundred times? I, everything in society, the people that have, have been around and have seen these things come and go, they, they have seen it. They have this knowledge, this vast, not just knowledge, but experience and wisdom that you get from from living through these experiences. Yeah. But things change. Things do change. All I'm saying is we are not <laughs> making changed, any progress by rehashing the same ideas over and over and over and over. Unless something changes. 
and things always change so I'm not saying the old man will not listen. I'm not saying society won't listen. I mean, that was, that was kind of your argument at first. You were saying he shouldn't need to listen anymore the because same he's already heard it. Shit that's being said over but there's and always over gonna be and difference. over. There's always going to be nuance and differences. Does he have to worry about the little nuances? Do we have to, as a society, do we got to worry about the little nuances that really worry? Really no, are? but you can be open. But that's what to that's it. what drives our society. That's what gives us what we say is acceptable, non-acceptable. It's how our our laws are made. It's how we govern ourselves. It's how we operate in our life every day. Why do you want to keep having that same crap? having to deal with it. Why is our legislators fighting on, the same... On, I'm just on. going there You're for a second. You're going to get second. into politics. So they, they, they fight over the same goddamn thing they've been fighting over for 100 years. How can we... Well, that's how, our fault. Okay, how can we come up with a solution so that we don't have these extremes? Let's think of that. Let's try to make solutions. I think it's okay to have extremes, though. We need extremes. Extreme Extremists... Whether they're good or bad, I mean, extreme thinking pushes our society forward. Okay, I it could see also where set you, our society well, back. See, what I'm it, seeing, well, I, I understand what you're saying there. I'm saying the only thing I'm saying about it is, I think we could do so much more to benefit ourselves if we didn't keep rehashing these things from the extremes that have been around for so long. But because there's extremes, I, eventually that will lead to peep. Somebody will, somebody smart enough or, you know, um, creative enough will figure something else out because of those extremes. So if everybody was moderate, they would never be looking for a solution. Like in the case of, I mean, abortion's kind of a weird one because it's, but, you know, if somebody's super anti-abortion, they're going to look for a reason to make everybody else see that abortion is wrong. And they might come up with something. They might find something out or on the other side too. I mean, it's kind of off topic from what we're... Well, no, because we're still thinking about empathy about and, and having an open mind and and what was the quote again? What was the billboard? Go back to that. It was um, think for yourself, but have a but be radically okay. open minded. And that's what I'm saying. The extremes aren't doing, and which in turn causes us to bog bog down in our development as a society. Or I mean, maybe we're both wrong, and maybe that billboard is wrong. Because it is kind of true that the extremists are the ones that come up with new ideas. Well, let's see. Let's look at history. What does history I don't, I ha- say? I, I have to go, though. I got to I got. Oh, you got to go? Okay. Yeah, we're Marty Oh, Wade. we didn't even get through Cutting everything. close here. <laughs> All right. I know. Well, if we can remember, we can pick back yeah, up okay. on it all. Yeah, okay. That's good. You still got a lot of uh, quotes and stuff to go over. Um, not a lot, okay. but a few. I mean, I mean, if we keep talking, I mean, if they take like this, then it will yeah. be fine. Okay, sounds good. 
All right. Well. So we'll just we'll just call this part one. We'll have to continue. All right, part one. No, that good. That gives us a topic for next week. <laughs> yeah. And we'll we'll update <laughs> on some other stuff, so that'll be good. All right. Well, another one in the books. Yes. We. Uh, okay. All right. Got through it. Yep. You are what you observe. Right. See you.